Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Let's give it up for Pastor Tim. Hey, thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, I want you to get your Bibles open to the book of Psalms, right smack dab in the middle of your Bible. Psalm chapter number 37, verse 23. It's up on the screens, and, uh, and I, you, you got to get this one scripture today. I'll be sharing some others, but that one's the key scripture today. Hey, while you're looking that up, uh, I'm, I'm continuing with my, my uh, summer series of, uh, even though it's not yet summer, of uh, Tim at 12, which started last week. And it's called Demolishing Lazy Christianity. And this is about getting the correct attitude and outlook uh, so that we can thrive and walk in God's blessing. It's a, it's a study that comes from the book of Hebrews. There are, the, the book of Hebrews actually has more warnings for Christians than any other of the epistles in the New Testament. So I'm focusing on the 12 warnings that are found in the book of Hebrews. So uh, I, I'd love for you to join me for that. That's at noon on Wednesdays on the City Life app, YouTube and Facebook, or you can follow it. You can catch the uh, archived videos on the uh, uh, Facebook, wherever. I'm not going to tell you where all that is. You can figure it out. All right. But, uh, but the, the title of today's message is I'm continuing with a series called Godly Masculinity. And today's title is called Be Decisive. Be Decisive. Now, in this series, I want to remind you of the ground rules, okay? Men, you're allowed to shout me down and you know, just, just, just verbally agree with me. This, this, and that helps me preach better. Uh, married women, you're not allowed to shout or elbow, uh, shout amen or elbow the guy next to you if you're married to him because that will not come across right and it will actually work as a disadvantage to you because I know how men are because I actually happen to be one. And, uh, and even though you think it's going to work, it won't. And it was funny because last Sunday, this, you know, there, was, there was this one lady who, who yeah, shouted amen at a certain point and boy, she got the elbow from her husband. I saw it happen right here. Like, you don't want that to happen. So, uh, but also, you know, this is, this is important for us. This is real important for men because uh, this series is about developing something within us so that we can not only just avoid sin. A lot of people see Christianity as like, well, you try not to sin. Well, there's, there's more to our faith than that. I mean, it, that's, that's actually kind of a weak thing that's, that the culture believes about what Christianity is. But really, it is, it is a completely different lifestyle. And the foundation for that lifestyle, for men particularly, are these four points that I'm giving you in this four-part series. And these are basic principles which then will allow the fruit of the Spirit to then even be more active in your life. And uh, so it's called Godly Masculinity, and, and men, I just want to remind you this, that a woman wants godly masculinity from the man in, in her life. She, she simply wants that. And men, we also, though, need to understand the design of women. And so I'm giving little pieces of those designs during this series because that's really important. Uh, the story goes back to where God made woman in the garden. And what God did is God directed the heart of, of Adam, and, and he knew that Adam had a specific need. The problem was is Adam was flawed, and God knew it. Adam didn't know it, but then God directed his heart in such a way. God had this plan, and he moved his heart to follow that plan. And we see it revealed in Genesis 2.18. 
where God says this. The Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. That's a basic scripture here. It's not good that man should be alone, period. The creator uh, then decided that there was some help that man needed. Men, I'll say it again, you need help. You do, all right? Men, I'll just say this to us. We need help, although you don't believe it, but we need help. And, and so, so what God did is he not only gave the problem, he also gave the solution. So he said it's not good that man should be alone, but then he gave the solution in the same scripture where he said, I will make a helper suitable for him. And that is where God created woman. And woman changed man's life forever and is continuing to change men's lives. So get these two truths. These two truths are critical to understand what God is, is up to with this. First of all, men are not best left alone. Men are not best left alone. And the second one is men need help. And, and uh, guys, I know that you don't necessarily like hearing that. I don't even like preaching you about it. I would be so much easier just to not. But, but it's true. Men are not best left alone, and men need help. That's from the book of Genesis, the very, very beginning. And, uh, and you know, let's just be real, man. We don't want help. We, we don't want help. We, we help ourselves, don't we? Like, don't, don't you remember that? Yeah, well, help yourself to this or help yourself to that. Like, I, I help myself. We don't want advice, and we don't want warnings, and we really don't want second opinions in our lives, do we? Oh, some of you do, but, you know, I mean, why would we want to do that? We, we, are, we are independent operators. We, we are these men. We are these genius problem solvers, and you know it. We are, we are autonomous, and, and we don't need instruction manuals. We don't want to go to meetings, and we refuse to ask for directions and refuse to ask for help because we don't have any need for help. God, that, that's like, that's that flaw that is there, that God actually allowed it to be there so that we could get help and we, we need help. Because it is, it is not only biblical fact, but it's historical fact that men teen, tend to mess things up when they're left on their own. Did you know that when King James, King James, you know, he was, you've heard of the King James Bible. He's the guy who authorized the, the translation of the Bible into English and made it so that everybody could read it. But, but King James also authorized people to come over to America. But he missed this whole part of, 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 that was in the book of Genesis because when he, America wasn't America at that time. It was just colonies. It was, nothing was really here and, and that, as far as civilized colonies or anything. So England sent over a group of 104 men and boys. There were no women that came with them on that first wave. And the men basically destroyed themselves. They destroyed everything. They, they, they almost all died because what they were doing is they all went out. Well, they were going to look for gold. And they were going to go hunting. And then they couldn't agree on anything. And they just kind of just, just scattered around. And, and, it, and it, it was a big, big, big mess. It was an ultimate disaster. And finally, the, the king of England realized, well, we need to get some women over there to balance things out because it's not good that men should be alone. And then when the women were, they actually had to force women to come over here but but the, when the women first came when the women came over all of a sudden things tended to balance out a bit guys it's history it's american history so the, the reason we mess things up us like king james we dismiss the warning that's there in genesis chapter 2 that we need help and we have forgotten that god has appointed wives 
to help us out. And, and men, you need to know that your, your wife, you're also, you're fashioned by God. I've talked, about, talked to you about that already. But your wife is also fashioned by God. And she is fashioned by, by God to secure and to balance and to correct and to give advice, whether you want it or not. That's a hard pill to swallow, but it's truth. Now, I know men, I, I just like to speak truth. Because you know, men, men like to just told the way it is. So I'm, that's why I'm telling you the way it is. Men, men, we often see this as meddling or controlling. And, uh, but when we begin to see that, then uh, when we think that it's all about meddling and controlling and we're not able to get our own ways, then that's actually we're acting out in immaturity. And if you missed last Sunday's message, you really need to go back to that because what I'm sharing with you today builds on the foundation of the first principle of maturity. And that is the first principle of godly masculinity. The second critical element is what I call today about decisiveness. That's why the title is called Be Decisive. Now, take a look at the screens here. Th this is important. A woman wants to be with a man who makes quality decisions quickly and confidently. All right, that's good. Jot that down, men. Women, you don't have to jot it down because you already know that, all right? See, women want men who are going to make correct choices because that lets them know, well, this man can be trusted. And, uh, and, and the thing is, a decisive man, he's going to select the best opportunities, and he's not going to make reactive decisions. He's going to make solid decisions. Why? It's because in godly masculinity, the man is in tune with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and he has wisdom and insight, and he's able to simply follow through and do that. Now, now this, this element of, of decisiveness, uh, it's defined this way. Decisiveness is this. It is insight in action. Insight in action. This is an acquired skill. It's an active form of wisdom. It's an active form of insight. That's where you, you know what to do, and then you step out and you do it. It is confident decision-making. And, and, and men, you should be able to have confident decision-making even when you don't have all the facts. You don't have to have every single fact in line, you're, but you're able to take these steps forward. It's because you're leaning into the wisdom of God, and you're able to take what I would just simply call smart action. Now, poor decision-making it, that's been part of the human nature, especially the nature of man, uh, since the very beginning, since Adam and Eve. And that's why the world is full of temptation. See, there, there's, there's this poor decision-making, and it's, it happens all around us. In fact, poor decision-making is the reason why we have a county jail a few blocks from here. And if you've never been there, you might have been, but uh, if you've never been there, I'll just tell you, it is a massive building. I've been there, not, not like not like incarcerated, but I, I've, I've been over there just, just to you know, help you understand. All right, all right. But I've been there, and it's a huge building, and there are over 3,000 people in that building right now, approximately 3,000 people that are in that building. And what they did is they made poor choices before they were actually incarcerated, which is why they're there. And here's another little tidbit approximately, on a consistent basis, 94% of the people in that building a few blocks away who are incarcerated are men. They are men. So this is something that we have to wise up to. Uh, 
men in general, now I'm not saying you specifically, but in general, we have a problem. We have this problem of poor decision making. Now, I ask you to open your Bible to Psalm chapter 37, verse 23, and I want you to look at this scripture because this gives us a key that we can jump into. Psalm 37, verse 23 says, the Lord makes firm the steps of one who delights in him. In fact, I want us to say that out loud together. Come on, let's say it out loud together. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Some key, key terms there. There's makes firm, and there's the one that says delight. Now, to make firm, I, I, I you know, looked at how it's translated from Hebrew. And, and if you have a different version of the Bible than NIV, it might be translated different because there are a lot of, uh, word, lot of ways this word is developed in the English language. So, but makes firm, here's, here's, the, here's actually the definition of it. It means ordered, established, or directed. It means engaging your emotions and your thoughts, men, both your emotions and your thoughts in a way where you are clearly directed with confident steps. Clearly directed. So leave that up there for just a second there, and that will help you to understand that. So God, God knows how to draw your attention. God knows, men, how to influence your thoughts and your emotions, and he, he will do that toward a certain direction, just like he did with Adam. And this hand of God is leading you, and it is directing you. But there is a prerequisite for getting this leading in this direction from God. It doesn't happen automatically. You have to delight yourself in the Lord. Delighting in God. Delighting in God means that you're a worshiper and that Jesus is the center of your life, man. Delighting in God means you love God's Word. Therefore, God's Word is central and foundational to your lives. It's, I, God's Word is actually the foundation for quality decision-making, man. It is. Now, we see this in Psalm 119. In fact, all of Psalm 119 is about the power of the Word of God. And you should you know, read that sometime. It is good. But Psalm 119, verse 105 says this. It says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Very common scripture, but a lot of times we don't think about that. Really, what does that mean? Look at it. Your word. That's the scriptures. The word of God is a lamp for your feet, a light for your path. So keep in mind now here, if you're not in God's word, you're not going to be sure of your footing. You won't be. Now, I'm going to just, let's, let's, let's go ahead and just be honest here. I, I understand this. A lot of men will, will tell me this. In fact, approximately uh, somewhere around 80%, sometimes up to 90% of men will say this, but I don't like to what? Read. See, you guys are already, you're filling in the blanks right there. I don't like to read. And, and okay, I get that. I hear you. I hear you. And, and I remember when I finished college, I was so sick of reading. I remember when I closed that last textbook and I was finished that last textbook. I, I said this. I said, I am not going to read another book for 10 more years. I'm so sick of reading. And very quickly, I realized that's not quite very workable because I realized when I actually started functioning in the real world, apart from college, that... I wasn't as smart as I thought I was, and so I began to read again. But then my favorite thing that I read is the Bible. I do. I, and, and I'm not asking you to try to read it 50 times this year. Just read the Bible. Read the Bible. You can take it in little snippets. And I know you're still saying, I don't like to read. 
I don't like to read. You know, so you even say it in a whiny voice, like you would say it to your mom. Then I don't like to read. Well, if you don't like to read, you actually live in the most excellent time in the history of the world. Let me tell you why. Because long time ago, most people didn't know how to read. Only very few people knew how to read. And so you couldn't say, read the Bible. You know what they did is they read it publicly. But you would have to go somewhere where they would read it. And, uh, and then in, you know, up in the medieval times, up until the time that, when the scriptures were beginning to be translated into common languages, the priests would get up and read the scriptures in Latin, and nobody understood it. But they're like, oh, it's the Bible. Oh, yep, yep, okay. See, that's... We live in a good time because now you can download a free app, a free app, and it's called, hold on, hold on, here, this is the part where you have to read or write, the Bible. I got that? It's called the Bible. In fact, there's this one called the Version Bible. There are lots of Bible apps. One called the Version Bible app. It's my favorite. But you know what you can do? You might be reading along and say, I just don't have time for this. There's a little button at the bottom, and you press play, and it's going to read it for you. And you can picture yourself back in time where they were reading the scriptures publicly. In fact, do you know, men, men, do you understand this? I need for you to understand this. The Bible was originally written to be read aloud. Now, I know, I know there, there are some highly intellectual people say, but we must read it, and we must dig into every word. Yeah, I'm all into that. I, I, trust me, I'm in completely into the intellectual side of reading through the scriptures. But I know this much, most men are really going to struggle with it. And you live in a time where there is no excuse. There is no excuse. You might say, but I don't have a smartphone. Will you have a computer? Well, I don't have a computer. Go to the library. They're free. So just, you've got it set up for you. Read the Word. Be in the Word. What's going to happen? Your path is going to be illuminated. The trail that you want, your next steps are going to be brighter and easier and more clear to take because you've got the Word of God in you. That simply means you, when you get the Word of God in you and you're hearing it or you're reading it, you're going to be wiser in your decision-making just automatically. It's like this flashlight on the path of life. But then Proverbs chapter 3, I like this, Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says something else here. It also talks about your path. Look at this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Okay, trust in God and quit trying to figure it out yourself. You hear that? That's good. Trust in the Lord. And you might say, yeah, but that. Okay. Do you realize the book of Proverbs was written? It was actually written for men. I know it applies to everyone. It does, but it was written for men. You just, just start reading it at the very beginning. You'll see it was written for men. It was at the very beginning, all the way to the very end, it was written for men. Now, lady, women, this is nothing against you. We love you. We love you and everything. But would you not agree with me that every man should, could, could, could spend a little bit more time in that book that was written for men called Proverbs, right? Nobody said amen. Uh, amen. Okay. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not like, you know, just, just your emotions. Let it be there. And lean not on your own understanding. Don't try to figure this all out. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths, what? Straight. That means decision-making is so much easier. Now you have a lamp to your feet, a light to your path, and you have a straight path. Right there. Bam. That's it. That's it. Guys, start off your day somehow in the Word of God. Uh, Therefore, when it's time to make decisions... I know this to be the fact because it works this way in my life. 
scriptures that I got into me early in the day will come back to my mind and will help me with my decision making right there because my path is straight and I've got a flashlight and, 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 and it's going to help you also with this other issue that men often have and it's called indecision what is indecision? well indecision is the fear of making a decision now fear of failure is one thing that all men struggle with women you need to understand this about men we all struggle to some degree with a fear of failure but what happens is with that if that is too largely manifested in our lives we will have a fear of making decisions and that's just where it's, it's, it's kind of a general fear uh, maybe maybe you're afraid of people you're afraid of making the wrong choice you're afraid of being mocked you're afraid of of, uh, of you know what's what's could potentially happen and so you just kind of sit on your hands and the results of indecision basically means you're going to be paralyzed you're going to be unhappy you're going to be tied up in all kinds of emotional knots you're going to be trying to please everybody you're going to be uh, uh, unproductive and then what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself being swept downstream simply because you didn't make a decision and you didn't make up the decision to simply pick up the paddle and begin to row the boat now indecision is based in fear which is the one of the biggest challenges for men one of the biggest challenges for men is fear. That's why I talk a lot about overcoming fear. See, a man who lives, though, in fear. Now, fear is going to, going to come at all of us. But a man who lives in fear is actually functioning outside of God's design of what I call godly masculinity. And men, hear me clearly, we cannot live in fear. Because a fearful man is going to lack confidence and he's going to be unstable. But there is great news for all of us. The good news is this, is that decisiveness can be improved. It really can be. I've given you the basic fundamental keys to it already. You don't have to keep making bad decisions. You don't have to be afraid to make a decision. You can work on it. You can change yourself. And in fact, I want you to listen to this. This was written by James. He's the brother of Jesus. He would know a few things. This is Jesus, a little bro. James chapter 1, verse 5. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. That's it. And he will give it to you. And he's not going to rebuke you or put you down or embarrass you for asking, God, I need some help. I need some wisdom. And God's not going to go, oh, great. There you are again. Well, 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 what's your problem now? God's not going to do that with you. That's, that's a big relief already. He says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people who are unstable, you kind of have divided loyalty, you're not really completely listening to God, you're kind of like, eh, maybe, maybe not. Such people, hold on, this is in the Bible, such people should not expect to receive any, anything from the Lord. Why? It's because their loyalty is divided between God and the world. That means the world's culture. That means the thought processes of the world. That means how the world operates, which is outside of godly principles. And it says, and they are unstable in everything that they do. And I would say this is one of the biggest challenges with men. And, and the message is clear, that you cannot expect God to help you make quality decisions quickly and confidently if you're putting your feet into the shifting value systems of the world 
because the value systems of the world, they shift every few months if you haven't noticed. And so if you're putting your foot into that and trying to put your own one foot in God's word, well, there's a good balance here. No, there's not a good balance. You are now unstable in all of your ways, and you shouldn't even expect anything from God. And those are some strong, strong, those are some of the strongest words in the New Testament right there. So here's a key. Men, refuse to allow the, the world's system, the world's value system to be your guide. Just don't do it. I mentioned that in this in my last message. It's really it's critical that, men, you need to have your own values established. Values are the things that are important to you. Know what those values are. Derive them from the scriptures. I'm not going to share all mine with you right now, but... You need to have your own values and have them written out and review them regularly uh, because these are the things that you're just going to live for. They're the things you're going to die for. And, uh, and so, for example, you know, one of mine, just one of mine, is something that I, I, and I repeat this to myself. I add joy and purpose to people's lives. That's one of my values. That's one of the things that I do. I want to add joy and purpose. I want to I see a smile put on someone's face. I want to see a person move from like, confusion to like, yeah, here's where I'm going to move forward. That's, that's, part of, that's part of me. And I, I can say it, I can say it all the time, but if I don't do it, then my words are worthless. That means I have my feet in both worlds, and therefore I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a big joke. But it works when I operate in my value system. <laughs> this is an interesting story. But Rebecca and I went to a pastor's conference in Los Angeles uh, about five years ago. And, uh, and when we got there to the conference... The plane had landed, and, and the, sh- the Avis rental car shuttle was taking us over to our rental because I was about ready to hop in my Nissan Versa, which is like the cheapest of them all, you know, where you get like a, a 9 a day. Woo! So I was about ready to jump in my cheap little rental car, and, and it, you know, a car's a car. You know, it's wheels. It gets you there. So, so it was great. But, but, you know, it was kind of a cold and dreary day. It was a little bit rainy and everything, and for sunny Southern California, it didn't seem to fit at the moment. And um, it's like, I felt like I was in Seattle or something. What a horrible place to be. So, so I, I'm there, and I'm, I'm, we get out of the shuttle, and we, we look at the Avis building. And it's this building that sits out in the middle of this huge parking lot. And the Avis building is a, is a smaller building, but you, you don't just go inside. You've got to, like, wait outside because it's California. You're all going to be outside all the time anyway. Well, what are all those days to be outside? But we get up there, and I notice the line for Avis is, is wrapping around the building. And I, this is crazy. So we get off the shuttle, and I'm looking. I was like, well, I'm an Avis preferred member here, so I, I know my name is going to be up there on the little, little, little board. And I, I, I can even cut in line if I want to. I probably won't. I don't know. I'm going to feel it out. But my name wasn't on the board. My name was not on the board. And my rental car was due in 10 minutes. Now, I know how it works. Your name is always on the board, but my name was not on the board. So there we were. And I get there, and then right behind me, there's, there's, this, there's this other lady who was just a few people in front of us, and her boss walked up. Her boss walked up and said, what is going on here? What is going on here? And, and she started chewing out her assistants because they were, like, meeting there in Los Angeles. She said, what is, what is going on here? I told you to reserve my car. You did the reservation wrong because my name's not on the board. I know how this works. My name's on the board. And I'm thinking, okay, she's getting out of control. My name's not on the board either. And so I decided, well, I'm going to intervene. And so she calms. I, I was like, yeah, my name's not there either. Yeah, here we have to stand out in the rain and beautiful, sunny Southern California to wait on our rental car. And 
And it, you know, it was, everybody in line was frustrated. It was just one of those travel days. Nobody was happy. I mean, how can you be happy when it's raining anyway? But, but, but we, were, we were just kind of out there. And I thought, well, you know, I had joy and purpose to people's lives. So I chatted with her. I, I'm determined to get this lady to, to laugh and to chuckle. And so I finally did. Okay, good. And she said, well, I'll just tell you this much. <laughs> she said, do you see that white Mercedes SUV? And it was probably about 30 feet from us, right, right close. Do you see that white Mercedes SUV? I was like, yeah. She said, they are going to give me that because of all the trouble they're putting me through today. Watch. I, am gonna, I said, well, how are you going to accomplish that? She says, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind and tell them who I am when I get up there, and they're going to give me the Mercedes. And I said, well, I, I tried to explain to her, trying to be nice. Like, but you know what? These people, are, they're probably going through a lot today. They're probably just really, really tense and tight. I said, I said, I tell you what, I'm going to try an opposite method, and we're going to see who's going to get the SUV. <laughs> I did. I said, it's a challenge. I, don't, I, I like challenges, so I did a challenge. And you know, this, this lady, I mean, she is, she is this, like, CEO of the world. And I'm like, okay, this could, this could be fun. And so, so we, did, we did the little challenge. And she goes, deal, deal. But I will walk away with that white Mercedes SUV. So <clears throat> we both get in there. We both get in there, and there are like about seven computers, and at that time, we're kind of hearing about seven people on their computers, but they said, hey, our computers have actually shut down. We try to keep working on them. There's been a massive failure today. They're kind of announcing it. You can hear what's going on. Everybody's still angry, and it's going to take a while. I mean, this, this whole thing went 45 minutes, and nobody wants to be at a rental car place in 45 minutes in Southern California in the rain, but we're there, and I'm like, I'm still going to do my, my I'm still going to stick with my values here, and, and, uh, and Rebecca's always there to nudge me to do the right thing. I, I do most of the time. And, and, and we were getting up to the counter. It's interesting because I got up to the counter right at the same time she got up to the counter. The guy said to me, he said, sir, he says, our computers have failed today. And, and this is going to be a bit of a challenge. What's your name? And I gave him my name. And he looked and he said, and the other lady's over there and she is chewing. And, and I said, well, I, you know, I, I gave him my name and, and he said, oh, I said, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm Avis Preferred, so whatever. He, he said, well, for your class of car, I'm going to have to walk out there in that lot and hunt for a while, so you're going to have to be patient with me. I said, that's okay. I said, I'm, I'm going to be patient, but you know what? I know you guys are under a lot of stress and strain. I know I can, I can tell, and I'm really sorry. And I, I've decided today I'm going to be your happiest customer, and I just want to let you know it's going to be okay, and if you want to give me an upgrade, you can. I promise you, this is no joke. I did this. I did this. And Rebecca's like saying, do not say anything to Miss CEO over there. Do not talk to her anymore. And she, she's telling okay. And the CEO's like, and then you will do what I say. And I'm like, you know, if you want to give me an upgrade, you can't. The guy just goes out. He's out there for maybe two or three minutes. And he goes right back in. And I was like, well, I guess they found my Nissan Versa. And he said, uh, he says, well, sir, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to let you have this. There's, there's a white Mercedes SUV out there, and I'm going to give this to you. And now I'm telling you guys, I didn't like expect. I didn't ask for that, and I didn't even expect it. And and I'm, and he. This is real. He said he had to say it three times. I said, excuse me, because yeah, again, it's like Mercedes SUV, Nissan Versa. It kind of sounds the same. And you know, and and I and he he handed me the keys. Like, oh yeah, that that that's a Mercedes. That's a Mercedes, and I'm filling out my paperwork, continue to listen to this other lady huff and puff and still yell at her assistant. And uh, <clears throat> I get it all done, and I'm like, whatever. 
and, and I did do this part. Maybe this part wasn't the nice part, but I did do this. I, I said to the lady, I said, hey, I'm heading out to my car now. They gave me the white Mercedes SUV. Bye. And she goes, no! Like, yeah, come on, sweetheart. So we go out there. We get in that car, and, and it was great because as soon as we got into the car, right there, you know, in the console was the receipt from the last renter. That car rented, and this is five years ago, okay? This is before the rental prices on cars went up. $400 a day. I'm like, baby, come on, girl. Too bad we can't stay in California a few more days. And, and, and it, was like, it, was a, it was a great thing. I'll tell you guys, I never figured out how to use the car. I, I figured out how to go places, in it, but I sure did look good in it. But the weird thing is, yes, this is at a pastor's conference. And so I, you know, everyone else is driving the Nissan Versus. And I'm driving up in this Mercedes SUV, and people are going, so where do you pastor, sir? Like, well, it's not how you think. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, God come bless me. Oh, you're one of those pastors. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> that happened. And you, re- you remember that? Oh, yeah. You like it projects things onto the pavement when you're walking. You, you, you walk up to it. You just get near it, and it says luxury. For all of you, all of you Mercedes owners, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But you know what? I don't believe that would have happened if I had not lived up to my values. Just sticking with my values. I'm going to give joy and purpose to a person's life. And those are real values. Guys, when we t- say that we have values but we don't live them out, they're nothing more than lame proclamations. Now, I might end up making proclamations, but they're lame proclamations. But God designed us in such a way so that we can actually easily tell what our values are. You know, there's a test for your values, guys. Here it is. Your time and your money usage, they are evidence of your values. In other words, wise men make decisions based upon the way God designed us to function, based upon the Word and based upon the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so, therefore, we can make these intentional uh, decisions. And they are reflected quite often in the way your time and your money is used because those are two of the greatest resources that we have. And if you look at your time, you look at your calendar, or you look at your bank statements, whatever that looks like, and you begin examining it, and you're not seeing your values reflected in it, then your values may not be your values. Man, I'm asking you to line your values up. And you look at my calendar, and it is full. It is full. That doesn't mean I'm busy. It just means I put the things in there that I value. And I value, after last week, I value family time. So I'm, I actually have it blocked out. I am going to spend this time, these evenings and stuff at home. And I'm going to be with my lovely wife, and we're going to have a good time. And she says, amen, praise the Lord. Yes. And you're trying to give us to give an offering. It has nothing to do with offerings right now. That's the, that's the time discussion. But the truth is, I've sat down a lot of times with men. And I'm talking about men who have made absolute messes of their lives. I'm grateful to God that they're wanting to make corrections. And uh, they said, man, I'll do anything. I'll do anything to, to, uh, to save my marriage. I mean, my kids mean everything to me, and I'll do anything possible to fix these issues. And, and then I began to ask them about their time and their money issues. Their, the, and, and then I said, well, it's not reflected there. You've got you to stop talking about it and start doing it. The truth is your daily decisions Daily decisions, the daily decisions you make will, will either 
silence the proclamations that you're making about your own values and who you are, or they will fuel it, and actually you will become a better man. And men, ultimately, I want you to become better men. I want, I want to be a better man. So men, I have a really serious challenge for you, and I really hope you'll take it. I want you to examine your spending. Would you just examine your spending since the beginning of the year and honestly look how you're spending your time and l literally like 24-7, what does that look like? Because what you truly value will come to the surface. And whatever you see coming to the surface, this is important, that is, that is the foundation, that is the source of your decision-making. And this works 100% of the time if you'll do that. So this is a way to do a self-examination. And then you know what you can do? You don't have to say, well, I failed. No, here's what you can do. You can say, I can make, I'm going to make a mid-course correction because wise, decisive men are going to make mid-course uh, corrections, and they're going to do it a lot. They're going to make mid-course corrections. That's, that's a good thing. That is a very good thing. That doesn't mean you fail. It just means I'm making a correction. Good. That's very, very, very healthy. So discover those values. Live them out. And the uh, you know, truth is, because you do want more control of your life, and when you begin to do this, you're going to find yourself, man, having more control of your life anyway. So maturity, we talked about it last week. Maturity means making your own quality decisions. So you see the two stack. Decision, quality decision-making has the foundation of maturity, and that's why we need to decide regularly that I'm, you're going to be guided by God. You're going to be, be armed with this, this timeless wisdom that comes from the Word of God, and, and men, you're going to make decisions decisions that are guided by God. This doesn't happen overnight, but in time it does. And God will, he will set up your decision making for you. But hear me well, this is important. He will not dictate it. He won't dictate it. Uh, he's not going to force it on you. His spirit will guide you. His word will guide you. But we also have this thing called free will. And, uh, and that free will tells you, you know, am I going to be mature or not? Am I going to be a grown-up or am I going to be a teenager? Scripture says this. Actually, this is not a scripture. This is a saying of, of my own. It says, a man who honors God privately will show it by making good decisions publicly. A man who honors God private. So what you're doing in private is going to be manifest in public through your decision-making Men, Satan has an agenda for you, and it is to distort and destroy your life. But if you follow these principles that I just shared with you, you're going to be able to make good decisions instead of disastrous decisions. If you've made the disastrous decisions in the past, stop living in your shame. You let it go. Let it go. It, the past is a past is a past. You've learned from it. Now make a mid-course correction. That's what you simply need to do. Now lift up your head and say, I'm going to keep moving forward. And if you have a woman in your life, she's going to be really, really happy to hear that. Ask for God's guidance and search the scriptures for guidance. And you're going to make good decisions. But, I mean, I would say the most important quality decision you can make is not a decision for this earth, but a decision for eternity. And that is to make sure Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. That is the most important decision you can make. And if that decision is not made then it doesn't matter how you do it on the, in this life. You will not have an eternity in heaven. That's, that's just the way it works. So before I go any further, before I pray for the man, I, I just want every person in this room just to uh, you know, submit your heart to the Lord right now. Just lock yourself in with God. And if there's sin in your life, you're not serving God. Whether you're a man or a woman or a child, I, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, but if, 
if you're not in right relationship with the Lord, I want you to make that right relationship now. I want you to set it up and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and forgive your sin. He's going to wipe the slate clean as if you have never sinned. There is no shame. There's no condemnation. None of that. All of a sudden, the past is wiped away, and all things have become new, new, new. And if that's you, at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand for me and say, Pastor Tim, I need Jesus in my life today because I want to connect my faith with yours, and I want to pray with you so you can receive Christ today. If that's you, at the count of three, lift your hand. Pastor Tim, I need Jesus today. One, two, three. Lift your hand up for me. Lift your hand up anywhere in this room. I'm going to assume every person in here is a believer and a follower of Jesus. Thank God. So the important first decision has been made. Now I want to pray for men. I want every man in this room. If you're able to stand up, I would like for you to stand because I want to pray a special blessing over you. Special blessing over you. God, I thank you for the men who are in this room. I thank you for these men. And I pray that that your blessing will rest upon them and that you, your conviction will be upon these men. That you'll convict us to be in your word and rely on the Holy Spirit and be people of worship. That we'll be in tune with what the Spirit is saying so we can make those quality decisions. God, give us the wisdom to self-assess. God, we as men are so good at problem solving with everything else we look at all the things we can figure things out but god help us to look at ourselves too help us to do self-assessments help us to assess even our own time and our own money god give each man in this room the wisdom to begin to establish solid values God, let the men in this room and the men who are watching online, I pray there will be people who will consume the Word of God and, and delight in the Word of God. And they will also delight in you, God, just like the Scripture said. We're going to be led. We're going we're to make quality decisions if we're delighting in you. And I also pray for men in this room that we will be men who will reject fear, reject fear of failure. We're going to stop that nonsense. We're going to stop the fear of failure. And I, I just come against a spirit of fear that tries to attach itself to men, to hold them back. Because God, you know, we, we like to hide it so well, but it comes out in our inability to make decisions. So God, I, I pray that a spirit of fear will be broken in our lives. And I pray for maturity. And I pray for a decisive spirit to be about every single one of us. And we're going to be men of faith in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name all the ladies in the room will you stand with me also women stand as well men I want you to take these challenges and I want you to take them home women in the room if you're single I just shared with you a lot of qualities that you need to be looking for in a man and if you see nothing if, you're, if you don't if you have a man and or boyfriend or whatever, and he's not even trying on the stuff that I'm saying here. You need to run away from him. I told you this last week. And say, God told me to break up with you. That is a classic breakup line, but in this case it would be true because you don't need to be around that nonsense, okay? And if he's sitting in here, you guys, you guys can have a talk, but he might be making some steps forward because God brought him here, all right? So there's a balance there. And women, if you're looking for the perfect dude, the perfect dude, well, uh, my dad already died, so I don't know. I, 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 that's as far as I can tell you. But God, man, God has his hand on you. And you can be quality decision makers because of the word of God and the spirit of God. And I want that for you in Jesus' name.
I want to pray, every, pray over every one of you one more time, and then we're going we're gonna to sing this song, all right? God, I pray blessing over every person who's heard the word of God today. God, this is word is truth, and this word applies to men as well as to women. And I pray that you will take us from this room, and that we will walk out of here with confidence, we'll walk out of here with faith, and we'll walk out of here in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, that we will leave different than the way we came in. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everyone said, amen. Come on, everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.